0: Beginning in Isaiah fifty-one, uh, the sermon will be uh, from a portion of our reading in Luke chapter two. We'll be focusing on the song of Simeon this morning, or as it is uh, called, the Nunc Dimittis. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. Look unto Abraham your father. And unto Sarah that bare you. For I called him, Abraham, alone, and blessed him and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. And he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nation. For a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. My righteousness is near, my salvation is gone forth, and mine arms shall judge the people. The isles shall wait upon me, and on mine arm shall they trust. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look upon the earth beneath. For the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment." And they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. For the moth shall eat them up like a garment, and the worm shall eat them like wool. But my righteousness shall be forever and my salvation from generation to generation. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake, as in the ancient days and the generations of old. Art thou not it that hath cut Rahab and wounded the dragon? Art thou not it which hath dried the sea, the waters of the great deep, that hath made the depths of the sea a way for the ransom to pass over? Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return. And come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Who art thou that thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die, and of the Son of Man, which shall be made as grass, and forgettest the Lord thy Maker, the one who that hath stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth? and has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor as if he were ready to destroy? And where is the fury of the oppressor? The captive exile hasteneth that he may be loosed and that he should not die in the pit nor that his bread should fail. But I am the Lord thy God that divided the sea whose waves roared. The Lord of hosts is his name and I have put my words in thy mouth And I have covered thee in the shadow of mine hand, that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, Thou art my people. Awake, awake, stand up, O Jerusalem, which hast drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury. Thou hast drunken the dregs of the cup of trembling and wrung them out. There is none to guide her among all the sons whom she hath brought forth. Neither is there any that taketh her by the hand of all the sons that she hath brought up. These two things are come unto thee. Who shall be sorry for thee? Desolation and destruction and the famine and the sword. By whom shall I comfort thee? Thy sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets as a wild bull in a net. They are full of the fury of the Lord, the rebuke of thy God. Therefore hear now this, thou afflicted and drunken, but not with wine. Thus saith thy Lord, the Lord." and thy God that pleadeth the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken out of thine hand the cup of trembling, even the dregs of the cup of my fury. Thou shalt no more drink it again, but I will put it into the hand of them that afflict thee, which have said to thy soul, bow down that we may go over. And thou hast laid thy body as the ground and as the street to them that went over. Amen. And then from Luke chapter 2. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents, Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law... Then he took, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. When they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. The child grew, waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. When they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye have sought me? Whist or knowest ye not? that I must be about my father's business. And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Amen. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Have you ever wondered when you will die? Have you ever wondered that? Or maybe you've wondered how you will die. Imagine having the story of Simeon. There would be no questions. You wouldn't have to wonder when, and you wouldn't have to wonder how. You will die once you've seen the Lord's Christ. In a sense, you could say that Simeon was invincible prior to that moment because he had to see the Lord's Christ before he died. This would, in the life of Simeon, I'd imagine, utterly remove all fear of death. You'd go out with the biggest bang conceivable. You would be at once longing to see Christ and longing for your own death because if you're Simeon, those events are one and the same. You see, Simeon is one of the few held out in the first couple of chapters of Luke as waiting on the Lord in a holy manner. In the words of Isaiah 51, Simeon, John the Baptist's parents, Elizabeth and Zacharias, Mary, Joseph and Anna had had the words of the Lord put in their mouths. They had been covered by the shadow of his hand for this time. And they had, like Isaiah 51 spoke of, certainly faced ridicule from others, like all the faithful before and all the faithful since them, like the Lord himself, whom they would see soon would. Would they have been afraid of mere men? Absolutely not. Would they have trusted the one who had stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth? Absolutely Yes. Our sermon this morning will focus upon Simeon's song, also known as the Nunc Dimittis. Way back when, songs were named, and they still are occasionally, based on their first two words, or first word, or first few words. The words Nunc Dimittis are the first two words of Simeon's song in Latin, and it is and has been used in Christian services, for as long as our records show us. Early church, medieval church, Reformation church, even to now. And one of the significant ways this Song of Simeon occurs is when it's being used at evening prayers, even in the home. Doesn't it make sense to use it that way at the end of the day? Simeon's song begins, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart In peace. You've spent a day praying without ceasing, as Paul calls us to. You read the word one last time before bed, and you pray, Lord, let us now, thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. And this can be used in the evenings because sleep, friends, children, this might be one reason you don't like sleep. Sleep is a dress rehearsal for the day of our death. It is a preparation. It's a practice. We lie down when we sleep and partake in a type of death. And we wake up, Lord willing, the next day in this life. But one day you will lie down in death in this life and wake up in the life to come. We will truly have departed in and unto peace according to the Lord's word. You see, Simeon, being the pious man that he was, did not run from his own death, but longingly waited on it. For it would have been brought about by having an earthly vision, an earthly sight of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why Simeon's song begins speaking about his own death. That first line, he's asking, God, will you let me die now? I have seen your Christ. He's ready to die now that he's seen the Lord's Christ. God has given him his word in the past by the Holy Spirit, as the text says, and that word had been fulfilled. And there aren't a lot of details uh, around how he knew this child was the Savior. You see later on when Jesus was uh, apart from his parents and they were looking for him, it says they looked at him and Um, they were amazed by him. Presumably Christ is younger in this passage with Simeon than he was uh, later on because Simeon's able to take him up and hold him in his arms. But I think you can take a great indication about the details, how Simeon knew who Jesus was, from the fact that the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit was guiding him. The Holy Spirit leads him into... The temple, the Holy Spirit did hear what he always does. He brings those who belong to the Lord to embrace Jesus Christ. He did this with Simeon. He does it with you. The Savior, whose arms would in a few years be stretched out on the cross for Simeon's redemption. Those arms were so small at this moment that Simeon is able to lift him up. And to hold him. What do you think Simeon did? Did he hug him? Did he look at him? Most people have the experience of holding a child of their own. Some have the experience of holding a child of another. But how many have held the Lord's Christ as a child? How many have taken up into their arms the one through whom all things were made. You see, the truth is, Simeon experienced this, and as the hymn says, he could not keep from singing. How could he keep from singing? He's ready now to die, to depart in peace, for the peace of God is in his arms. It is in his eyes. His eyes have seen, as the text says, God's salvation. In the person of Jesus Christ, the child, the fullness of this work of God is already present. He doesn't say, I have seen God's future salvation or I have seen God's past salvation. He says, I have seen God's salvation even in that moment. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one prepared by God to be presented to all people. You see, Simeon declares in this moment that it occurs. Through him seeing him, through the birth of Christ, he has been presented to all people. And in some mysterious way, that is true. Every time this song is sung, every time this passage is read or preached, it continues to be true. The salvation of God is set before the face of all people in Jesus, the Lord's Christ. He was, even then, in line with what the Old Testament scriptures had been saying, the light of And the glory of all men. Now, an interesting detail that maybe is not overly apparent in our first reading, but in this song of Simeon, he leads the heavens, he leads himself, and he leads Mary, and he leads Joseph in praise of the Lord Jesus Christ. The song was so full of truth that it functioned like a powerful sermon. Did you notice that Joseph and Mary did not marvel at Simeon, but they marveled at the things that he said regarding the child. Just as in good preaching and good singing, the preacher's not marveled at, the singer is not marveled at, the author of the hymn is not marveled at, but the target of the sermon, the target of those lyrics, becomes the one who is marveled at by means of those words. Simeon bestows a benediction on the family. Don't be uncomfortable about it being given to all of them, for he began the passage with a blessing uh, to God, a praise of God, and he ends it as well. He blesses the Christ child because he blessed God the Father just before his song. But notice the agent of this worship. Did you count how many times Holy Ghost or Spirit was said before Simeon's song began? There's one, there's two, there's three. Three mentions of the Holy Spirit just before he begins his song. He doesn't turn to Mary and ask for help. He doesn't go through Joseph and ask for help. And as I've already hinted at, just as we're led by the Spirit, we are Um, We could say that our worship of Christ is being depicted in this passage because there's things that happen that reflect our own worship. The Spirit, just as he led Simeon to bless God, so we begin our worship, the Spirit leads us to bless God. And then the Spirit leads Simeon just like the Spirit leads us to look on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the Spirit leads Simeon and Mary and Joseph by implication to marvel at the things spoken of him. Just as when we hear the reading and preaching of the word and sing the hymns, we marvel at the things spoken of Christ. And just as our services end, so this moment, this service as it were of Simeon ends with a benediction. You have the very rhythm of our own worship presented here. People think that these rhythms are not in the Scriptures or that we worship these reasons uh, for these reasons arbitrarily, but they're shown even here. But you also have, given in this text, uh, the fruits of the gospel are given in a way that Paul often describes. What happened in Israel of old is the same thing that happens today. The things that cause the faithful to marvel cause the fall of many. It causes many to rise and many to be brought down. And it is this celebration, not just at the thought or the promise of Christ, but at the location of his person. Looking at, holding the Christ child is what would inaugurate not just this praise, but the death of Simeon. He had been, as the text says, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And we might say, like Paul, that he desired that all of Israel Would know what he knew. Just as Anna appealed to all who would listen. He longed for Israel to be consoled with this same consolation that he is receiving. But this story of Simeon. Not just the rhythm of the worship as it were. But the story of all Christians. Is also reflected in this moment. This life of Simeon. How the Lord Jesus... He saw him, and then presumably shortly thereafter, he died. What do I mean? Your sight of the Lord Jesus in this life, though it is by faith through the word, leads to death as well. But it's not a physical death, is it? It's a death that leads to life. When you come to look on the Lord Jesus Christ in faith, you die to sin And live to righteousness. You undergo an allegory, as it were, of the life of Simeon. You see Christ too. It's a killing of that old man in order that the new man might rise up. And once you've come to know him, you are made ready for physical death that is coming. You see, the one whom the Lord prepared has been presented, not just to Simeon, but to you, to me. And now, to live as Christ... But to die is gain, for your eyes have seen God's salvation. And one of the reasons this is used in Christian worship over and over again in services is to raise your eyes to the wonder of what really happens when the scriptures are read. You behold, according to the word of the Lord, God's salvation, your eyes see it through the words. On the page, you look into the scriptures and see it again and again. This includes the sacraments as well. You receive the sacraments and see the Lord's salvation again and again. You join the body movements of Simeon. You join the body of Christ in the movements of Simeon. You join in the divine service of Simeon and you see God's salvation you see, this passage, it is exemplary for us. For we are to be like Simeon and his reaction to Christ. We join Mary and we join Joseph in marveling at the things spoken about Christ. But it's not only exemplary. As I've hinted at, I'm going to now rephrase it. Through this text, indeed all the texts of Scripture, you are brought by the Spirit into the life of That Simeon knew. A life that longs to look on the Lord Jesus, not just as a promise, but with your own eyes. The privilege that cannot be exceeded, which will occur on the last day, is seeing Jesus in all his glory with your eyes. That day will be greater then this day for Simeon, because the glory will no longer be hidden. Simeon, that son of God like you and me, was not known by the world because the world did not know the one for whom he waited. It did not yet appear what he, Simeon, would be, but he knew, as you know, that you shall be like Jesus. But it's not until he appears... Not even in the intermediate state when we die. Those who die in this life before the second coming of Christ. If we die before the second coming of Christ, we enter what is called the intermediate state where our bodies remain in the ground, but our souls go up to be with the Lord. But at the last day, we all shall be like him. Why? A very simple phrase. Because we shall see him. Because we shall see him. Children, the thing that your parents hold out to you will all make sense in that moment when you finally lay eyes on the Lord's Christ. Simeon saw him, but not as we shall see him with him. One day we will join Simeon and see him in his abundant glory with our eyes. I asked you how Simeon could keep from singing But in light of this, how can we keep from singing? The Lord who will comfort all our waste places, who will make all wilderness like an Eden, all deserts like a garden, he fills his people with joy and gladness. He fills his people with thanksgiving. As he fills his people, Isaiah 51 said, and Simeon shows, he fills them with the voice of melody the voice of singing. So I ask you, as I asked you before, have you ever thought about when you'll die or how you'll die? If you are in Christ, you can die like Simeon, but you can also live like him as well, having the Holy Ghost upon you, being led by the Spirit to bless God, to look on Christ, to marvel at who he is and to receive his benediction. Amen. Let us pray. Our Lord in heaven, you are worthy of all.